We live? We're live. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to IFTV. Michael, before you change the camera yeah, angle, no, we have a very, very special guest back at the podcast. A very busy man, but we're happy to have him back. And we were hoping to get you <laughs> for the Napoli Juventus match. Unfortunately, it didn't go through. But either way, we're happy to be here. And I'm going to say this now. I don't think we ever have anybody more requested to come back on the podcast than Ludovico himself. Ludo, Woo! welcome back, man. I appreciate it. What's Thank up, you very baby? much. Glad to be back. First of all, I want to apologize for my, uh, for my voice. It's not 100%. I guess the screaming, the yelling, the humidity catches up when, uh, when you reach a certain age. But it's a pleasure to be back and uh, glad to see everyone. Hey, you brought a little uh, a little gift over yes. here, right? We're talking soccer, so we want to create that uh, the atmosphere, right? That Italian uh, bar atmosphere where you discuss soccer among friends, okay. and uh, you have a drink and Perfect. you talk about so you talk exactly. about football. We don't want to say soccer; football, we want to say football. Yeah, yeah, football. <laughs> Out of respect for our fans around the uh, globe, around the globe, our yeah. listeners around the globe. Glad so, to be back. Salute. 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 Happy football, everyone. Yes, sir. We're back. Hope it's going to be a great, safe season for everyone. Yeah. There's a lot of chaos going on, but we stick together and we drink exactly. a Yes. Bit. Well, leave it up to the Italians to create the drama. Exactly. The, fan, <laughs> the fans are going crazy right now. They're very excited to, to, to have you back. I'm glad, I'm glad to be uh, back and uh, discuss soccer and uh, simply just give my opinions. They're, they're only my opinions. So we're going to go through everything right now. Obviously, the thing that everybody wants to hear from us that we're getting messages about is the Juventus versus Napoli match where there's a lot of drama, a lot of politics in play. We're going to tell you exactly what happened, our opinion on the situation, but also a little bit about the transfer market because we have a few big moves that are coming through. Uh, also, the round three that just ended, we still did have some games, even though two were canceled. We have a couple of talking points that we're going to get, we're gonna have to get through and discuss. Yeah. Um, and also... Napoli, before, before this, aside from this, the, the, how the team is looking. And I think that that's, that's where I wanted to start with you is, you know, Napoli, in my opinion, was very underrated going into the season. A lot of people kind of slept on Napoli, and maybe me included, where I didn't think they would look as good. But in the opening two games um, with certain players, Oshiman, Oshiman, we Oshiman. still haven't learned how to say his name. Wait, Ludo, I call him I call him Victor. It's easier. Vittorio, right? Vittorio, right. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you felt as a Napoli fan, a true Napoli fan, about um, how it seemed, how the start of the season seemed versus how it started? Well, I, um, the Napoli transfer mar uh, market really took place back in January when we purchased a few players. We purchased Lobotka, we purchased Demme, Politano. Napoli spent a considerable amount of money back in uh, January. A little bit too late. I still think about the uh, the 91 points, the Scudetto that we lost to Juventus, and I think that the uh, winter transfer market, the Laurentiis didn't buy not even one player. And I guess he could have done a little bit more and not leave that bench very short mm -hmm. for uh, for Sarri that we had to give up on the, uh, on the Europa League and we could have made the run so now it happened in January, then you buy a 21-year-old uh, and you spend 80 million uh, euros, the highest paid African player in, uh, in uh, history. But I guess I'm really surprised and I'm glad about Lozano. I think last year, I'm not even counting that he was in Napoli. He was not training the right way. 
His uh, muscles were very weak. He was not taking it seriously, and he did not know what Serie A was all about. Now, Napoli has a brand new player, someone that you can count on. He knows Serie A. He knows the opponents. He knows what to do. He trains really, really hard. And Gattuso gave him a lot of confidence, and he gave him the first two starts. And I think he was going to start against Juventus as well today. For sure. The, it's like a new signing, too, having yes, Lozano. For me, I, I, for me, Lozano never put on a Napoli jersey last year. For me, it's a brand new signing. So you mm -hmm. have a 40 million euro player, the 80 million plus what you purchased in January. Now we have depth. We have a, uh, uh, a decent bench that you can uh, rely on. The group is there. The locker room is, uh, is solid. Gattuso looks like everyone uh, respects the, uh, the coach and everybody's on the same page, and that's what's important. It's classic, like Galliani used to always say, like a player coming back from injury, he's like, oh, it's a new signing coming for us Agreed. in January. He's, he's very famous for always saying that. But it's a, it's a fair point, and it's also, um, you know, a lot of players that come in, we expect, you know, uh, it was a big transfer at the time. I think it was Napoli's highest transfer, Lozano, last year. Wasn't it their yes. highest transfer in the history? So there's high expectations, but when you come from a different league who trains very differently, there's been many players who, when they come to Serie A, they say, the way that I was training in one league or at one team, very different and took time to adapt. So it's a good point that Lozano is a new signing for Napoli. And I think Napoli, everybody was struck with coronavirus uh, in terms of the finances of the club. But Napoli was one of the only teams that didn't look like they had to sell in terms of Correct. finances. Correct. They did not have to we sell. We are on the pause. Yes, yes, we don't. There's a few we clubs. We don't need to sell. There's a few clubs that well, need to sell. Well, everyone has debts in Napoli. 90% of the clubs in Serie A, they are in debt except Napoli. We don't need to sell. We don't need to sell Koulibaly. And I'm glad he's staying unless something happens before midnight. Very unlikely. Uh, again, uh, before midnight tomorrow. But Napoli really doesn't need to. Uh, Napoli really doesn't need to sell. Exactly, and that's that's a plus in a market like this. Like you said, you you also have bargaining power with that. And the transfer market closes tomorrow at midnight. Uh, if you're watching right now live, um, October fifth. And Koulibaly was a hot name to be, oh, he's going to leave, he's going to leave, he's going to leave. No, all of a sudden, he's staying, most likely staying. Like you said, I don't think there's any real reports that he's going to leave. But he never, he never mentioned, he no, never stated him. that not he him. wanted yeah, to leave. He loves Naples, Naples loves him, he loves the people, the atmosphere, the he's city. I guess it's that, yeah. that city image that um, has been created in, in Napoli. Like, all these players, the Mertens, the... Uh, the uh, the uh, Koulibaly, they became like Neapolitans, the Fabian Ruiz, the Zielinski. They buy into the city. They buy into the city, into it's that family. Uh, it's like a into family. that fabric yeah. of the city. It's like yeah. they become Neapolitans. Mm -hmm. So they 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 like He's to stay there. They like to live there. They like to continue. So, but Napoli said, "Listen, if the right offer, then he said, okay, if the right offer, if you think I should go, then then I'll go. But I'm not requesting yeah. a uh, a uh, a transfer." Exactly. So he had two great games. He started on the right. Uh, looks like we we found the uh, Koulibaly of a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, determined and uh, solid in the uh, in the back. And it looks like also the chemistry with uh, with Manolas seems to grow. There we go. Too bad that we still haven't found. Right <laughs> Too bad we still haven't found a um, the left back, a good left fullback. Mario but Rui improved a little bit. He's not as bad as he once was, but he's decent. But yeah, like you he said, still he still has to learn to cross yeah, the ball. That's true. That's the <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no, thing is, was, whoever nice. has a decent left fullback will not sell. They're hard to come by. Yeah, that's true. Fullbacks in general is very yeah, hard. especially on the left side. Yeah. The right side you find. Yeah. You know, a little bit more. Di Lorenzo great, has been great. Di Lorenzo has been, uh, yeah, since he came great. from Empoli, he's solid and uh, 
he plays and uh, no that, then we have to do uh, two goalkeepers dilemma oh, i guess yeah. that's right. one each but that it's also uh, gattuso feels that uh, the footwork that uh, ospina has is better than mm-hmm. uh, than uh, meret but in a couple of games that really didn't show this seemed to be the case but it's, we have two goalkeepers, but there's 10 years difference between the yeah, two. So Meret, I think, is the future mm-hmm. of, uh, of Napoli for the, uh, for the next decade, for, at least. For all those joining uh, live right now, thank you for everybody for, for coming in. Make sure you like the video uh, and you subscribe. It helps us out big time. Uh, like I said, we're going to get into the situation that everybody wants to talk about, the Juventus and the, the Napoli. Uh, Chiesa, who's going to sign for Juventus. But before, and I don't want to go too off topic, but it's a question I have for you because we haven't spoken in a, in a while. Um, at least you haven't spoken here. The last time, it was a very different situation, quickly, about Sarri and his departure from Juventus. Obviously, you're a very big fan of Sarri and his, and his philosophy and what he brought to Napoli. Um, and I had always said that Sarri was kind of used as a scapegoat for this Juventus to blame him for some of their failures. Um, meaning they said, oh, all the blame is on Sadi when real realistically it was not. And he said, you know, the team is untrainable. From your perspective, where do you think things went wrong uh, with Sadi? You know, do you think it was his fault? Do you think it was the club's fault? And, and how the whole situation evolved? It was uh, a little bit of everything. When uh, things go wrong, uh, just like a divorce between a couple, I mean, it's 50-50. It's not only the, the, the fault of the male or the female or, or you know, different partners. So the thing that the Sarri inherited a team that he did not request, meaning a lot of these players that Juventus were getting, they were on a free transfer uh, market, meaning they were not buying into that. They were just getting their salaries. Okay, you're free. Okay, come to us. Uh-huh. You c- so now it takes time. But also, in order to Fasari to get his point across, you have to give your body and soul to him. His practices are boring. They are repetitive. And those players were not willing to follow that, that path. They were not willing to, to, to go there, system. to buy into a yeah. system where everything becomes repetitive. So, and it, Sarri only knows one method, he only knows one philosophy, and trying to teach that philosophy, those players did not, the balance was not there. They never clicked in the uh, locker room. And if you played played football, amateur level or professional level, things are created in the, victories are created in the locker rooms. Mm. And if the locker room is not clicking, and everyone is on the same page, things will not happen. Napoli finished with 91 points. He had the right players. Let's not forget that those players that Sarri inherited, they were purchased from Benitez. Um, convinced all these players, the Caleon, the Mertens, the Koulibaly, the uh, Higuain, they came in because of Benitez. So Sarri found gold, <laughs> according to his to his philosophy, mm-hmm. but I remember that it was a pact. Mm-hmm. In the locker room, everyone said, okay, Mr. Sarri, if we have to jump, uh, jump off a bridge, we'll do it for you. Take us to the promised land. So everyone kept their mouth shut and they followed mm-hmm. his philosophy. Everybody gave in to him, mm-hmm. body and soul. And that's what Napoli was able to, to uh, create that beautiful uh, football atmosphere that all of Europe 
But in Juventus, it just did not, did not happen. When you have players like Higuain, I mean, not Higuain, I'm sorry, uh, Ronaldo, those people have a lot of saying in the locker room. They have a lot of voice power. They have a lot of... Uh, so it just did not click. It was not his team. He didn't have the players. He didn't Saudi have the players, players. to create. Players. But now yeah. Sarri was not able to, okay, I don't, I'm not able to make this dish. Let me try and do something different. Let me try yeah. to invent. He, he doesn't know how to do that. He right. only knows one system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One system. Just like the, uh, Zeman. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. In, in your opinion. Uh, Giampaolo, same thing. And he's making the same mistake in Torino as he did in Milano, as he did in Sampdoria. He's making because the philosophy then, but again, these coaches, they want to work. They want to work. They don't want, there's a lot of coaches out there. Coaches are being born into the, uh, into the system on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. So if somebody offers you a, a contract, one you're or two, yeah. you're going to try to sell what you, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah. But then three months pass by, you get fired, yeah. but at least you have a salary yeah, for the next couple of years. Just Some nice benefits, right? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Everybody. In I mean, your, who's going to be able to afford salary yeah, now? Yeah. He's home sitting, watching TV and getting uh, five and a half million clean. Spalletti's living a good life right After now, tax, right? he's going to get 11 million euros after tax from Juventus for the next two Jeez. years by just sitting on, who, could, who can afford it? What are we doing on this podcast then? What the, let's get a license. I guess we're doing something wrong. <laughs> In your opinion, just to conclude, do you think Juventus would have been better off keeping Sadi one more year and getting the players around him and building this? Or do you think it was better that they both separated ways because they weren't going to be working together? No, I think it was the right time for Sadi to go. Okay. Juventus also has to understand that by adding uh, Band-Aids, on a yearly basis will not get you exactly. anywhere. You could win the Scudetto. You have the power. You have the roster. You have the money. You're going to win the Scudetto. But is that what you really want? Exactly. Or you want to create something solid for Europe? Let's take Bayern Munich. Look at the roster. Look how much they paid for those players. Yeah. And look exactly. at what they are producing. Exactly. So you need patience. You need to create a cycle. Do you want to create a cycle? that you just want to win the Scudetto and you'll be happy, or you want to win a cycle and say, okay, we're going to go for the um, Champions League mm -hmm. in two years from now, exactly. three years from now. Again, you're going to get to the final. Winning is not guaranteed, but at least you're competing on a yearly basis by buying the right players and, and creating competing, some, competing yeah, exactly. and giving these players time to mature exactly. that's the problem with italian soccer uh, i keep saying no, soccer. Say it, say it. it's, it's fine, fine. You grew italian up football yeah. it's that we don't give enough time for players to mature we want everything quickly exactly. it takes time and that's what juventus needs to learn and maybe with pirlo they're on the right track mm -hmm. buying certain players young players that need to gel need time to correct gel i think i think you worded that uh, very perfectly, and and I agree that that the uh, the ideas from Juventus is more so. We got this opportunity, let's grab this. We got this opportunity, let's grab it. It's all seeing these opportunities without really having a core plan at hand. So I completely agree with you. Well said. Before we continue, people are asking, do you have a Milan shirt under there? They're seeing the red, no. and they said, is it a Milan? It's Brooklyn Italians. No. <laughs> <laughs> you said it really quick, there, huh? No, Brooklyn Italians. We have red polos and we have. Um, Royal polos. Okay. This is the one I found first. <laughs> I like the blue one, to be honest, better. It looks nice. <laughs> That's why you put the blue on top. 
It's for a reason. But no, no, that's, <laughs> no, no. You act like no. Anyway, let's um uh, before we go on to the next, let let's talk about some of the games. Uh, any games that you found really interesting? Mine was uh, Atalanta against Cagliari. This this Atalanta is absolutely incredible. I believe thirteen goals in three games from Atalanta. They continue to surprise me match after match and year after year because every year I'm saying to myself, all right, they're gonna have to stop at this point. There's no way they can continue with this. And they just look better and better. In my opinion, Papo Gomez right now is the best player in Serie A. Agreed. The guy is simply phenomenal and incredible to watch. It's an orchestra. Atalanta is the only EPL team that plays in Serie A. <laughs> Atalanta is an EPL team. They got better tactics than that some plays, Premier League teams. Yeah. That, well, you have to adapt Italian. To nah, ta- but but it's it's an it's an orchestra. It's an orchestra that they move at the same time, and they 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 the uh, the the defense, the midfield, the forwards. They play. They they know where they are. They're in great shape. And again, the locker room. They're happy to be there. They're happy to play for Gasperini. Uh, Gasperini communicates uh, uh, with them. Everyone knows their exact roles, where they need to be, and they run and they run and they run. Now it remains to be seen. Usually, when it's the second year, now they made Champions League. Yeah. Well, they made also last year, so now they want to approach Champions League um, in a little bit in a different way than they mm-hmm. did last year. They have more experience, so now we have to see if the Champions League and the Serie A will a little bit be a little bit too much uh, work for them, too too much fatigue and mm-hmm. concentrating. Let's say Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday that you have to play. Three, ma- uh, three matches a uh, a week. Next year you went, you know, you just went and played. I said, okay, whatever happens, nobody yeah. expects us anything from far. us. Exactly. But now this year, I guess they want to they want to prove something in Champions League, but it requires a lot of mental, a lot, a lot of concentration, and uh, a lot of uh, a lot of work. But the beginning looks promising. It's a joy to watch Atalanta play. It's really They're incredible. Yeah. It's really fun. Luta, I was gonna ask you a question. Uh, we we all we're all huge fans of Atalanta, of course. Uh, Gasperini actually said that this season uh, that the, they have a better squad than last season. They want to finish. You're asking probably what I was about to ask. Uh, say that's, it, and say I, it. I just want to know your side of it. They finished third position last season. Incredible. No one expected them to even finish Champions League. I think most of us in the podcast said outside top four. If they have a better squad and they have more experience now and they got more reinforcements, they didn't sell any starters. That's the question, Mike. What position? Where can Atalanta finish? No, no, no. Where can do you it, think? Can, can, can Atalanta they compete win this for the Scudetto? Scudetto? This is a question for everybody right now. Is, it is. is yeah. Looking at how Juventus Honestly. looked in the start of the season, and yeah. again, it's only two games, but we have to judge what we have at, at stake. That's yeah, it. That's what we're exactly. here for. Otherwise, we wait till round 38 and we say exactly what happened. We're just... Reading the clues, we've seen Inter and their defense and how they've looked in certain matches and their tie with Lazio today. And Juventus have looked shaky. Honestly, is it possible for this Atalanta to win the Scudetto? It is. Absolutely. I agree. Well, let's look at let's go back to the EPL and look what Leicester did. The uh, uh, magic back, year. You know, the, the magic year. Where everything goes your way. Everything that you touch becomes gold. The impossible shot goes in. Your goalkeeper makes the impossible save. It's that perfect year that only happens once in a lifetime. I'm I see, a I see in a my movie. Head right now. I see a movie I'm in my head this. right so now. Right. And, I see Gasperini running around doing so all these. Leicester, if you watch all those games and you watch the highlights, everything everything it was went perfect. Everything it was perfect. perfect. You have perfect. to be you have to be perfect in order, but can it happen? Yes. 
it can happen. And now, you guys can tell me, last uh, Leicester, when it happened, were they in Champions League? No. They were not. No. So they were playing one game a week. They just came from Serie B. Correct. So they one play a week, and everything clicked, and it was a magical year, a magical season. Yeah. Now, Atalanta, you have three games a week, which you have to, you have to play and you have to concentrate. And then you have to recharge again on Thursday in order to be ready for the next Serie A. You have a long bench. It could be a magical season. It absolutely can. It absolutely oh, can man, happen. I, I want this to happen Mike, so badly. Mike, what do you think? Me, like Ludo said, it is a little bit of a long shot. Could they win? I w- oh, man. We should. You know what we should do? We should put a lottery ticket and just go for the odds. See what it is. Throw fifty bucks on it. Everything Whatever has happens, to click. Happen. Atalanta right now, three games in. They look like uh, the team from last season, but maybe even a little bit hungrier. They know what they have to do. They've played in Champions League before. So I feel like, like you said, this is not their first season with Champions League. This is their second uh, season with Champions League. They now, the approach is different now exactly. than the first, than the first time around. Now, now, Mike, there's a lot of factors that need to click. There is a lot of factors. That's what I'm saying. It's healthy. very difficult. The players have to be healthy. The, uh, they, they have to remain in, uh, in shape. They all have to produce, all 11 of them, and whoever comes from the bench has to pro- uh, have to produce and be on the same yeah. page. You cannot have seven players this week exactly. that are They can't drop points against the smaller right. teams. There's you a cannot, lot. You yeah. cannot lose that, that concentration. 100%. And I'm just thinking that when you play Sunday, now Monday you have to charge Re- yourself mentally mm-hmm. for a Champions League game. And now on Thursday, you, you, you're basically, your head, you're, you're, you're drained. Yeah. And now you have to think again about, about on Sunday. Repeat, it's on repeat. The the thing about Atalanta, and I will say this very confidently, I think when it's their match, and it's very often their match, they are better than Juventus and Inter. They play better football than Juventus and Inter. They're capable of beating both Juventus and Inter. The only reason why I feel a little bit reluctant to say so is I think that the depth and the, the bench will matter. And especially yes. this year, turnover. With you have to rely on the absolutely. turnovers. With with five substitutions, I think it's going to play a major advantage to those with bigger budgets that are able to invest in these players. When Inter can bring on Sensi, uh, Barella, Sanchez, all these guys Vidal, on the bench, all these players, it's not absolutely. a thing that Atalanta can compete with. And yes, they have some good players off the bench, but I think over a long season, if if this was a tournament, I would say Atalanta can win it. If this is a, like a World Cup tournament, one month, that's it, full concentration, knockout matches. I honestly believe Atalanta can win it. And I'm not saying they're going, they're not going to win the Scudetto. They definitely will be challenging in that range. But I think that the death and a lot of money aspects will play in a long tail season of the league. Unless you have this very special thing that clicks, which is something that we can't predict. Yeah, it's a, I think that it's that's the only thing show. that holds Atalanta back. Turnover, uh, Marco, and health. Yeah. I mean, we have Papo Gomez. You said a few minutes ago, best player in Serie A. Yeah. Healthy. Is he never goes down? You know, certain Always plays produces. like for five, six weeks, yeah. they, you know, they, they, uh, the physical yeah. ability drop, and then they're back into shape. He's consistent. He's consistent. Yes. He's been consistent for the week out. He's a major player in that team. He's the one that sows the yeah. pulls all the sh- passes together in that team. To Correct. Make it so now you need health. Everyone to be healthy. Everyone to produce and, and the turnovers. You need to. You cannot yeah. rely on the same 11, 12, 30, like you said, fourteen players. Wednesday, okay. Sunday, Wednesday. It's you need possible. to have a proper turnover. And, and today, by the way, real quick, uh, I've been very against the... I don't like the five substitution rule. I, I don't think that it should be... I think three was more than five. I think five plays into the hands of teams would have bigger budgets too much. 
And I think that what's not broke didn't need to be fixed. And I know that they changed it last year because of COVID. And there was like, okay, Too fine. Too many games in That's close fine. proximity. That's fine. To me, this season, they should not have five substitutions. We've all given yeah, our opinion on yeah, it. For the most part, true. we've all agreed that there shouldn't be five. I don't know if you feel differently. Well, everybody has these five uh, su uh, five subs. I agree with the, with the five subs because too many games in close proximity. Unless next year you're not going to have the uh, the uh, European uh, Cup, you have to finish by a certain time. You have to play so many games. You have Champions okay. League. You have Europa League. You have Coppa Italia. So you don't want these everyone to be. I get what you're saying, but doesn't this favor? Doesn't this give another bullet oh, to the bigger teams? But too absolutely. much of an overkill. Like for Inter, Inter brought in five world-class players, and like, oh my, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, but you can't you can't use that as the. Only I know, argument. I know, well, I don't want to. Because while I agree with crazy. that, and I'm saying that, hearing Michael say that, it's also a big excuse because Inter did a lot to be able to achieve okay, this, yeah. qualifying for Champions League, put extra revenue where they're able to get this. So. Being consistent and having results also put money in their pocket to be able to extend there. So we can't say it completely. Uh, and we think we have to take it logically, whatever. Uh, Lazio Inter, we watched today, 1-1. Uh, wasn't as great of a match. I know you didn't see the match, but for us, it wasn't as good as we were expecting. Uh, Inter started off, Lautaro scored early on. Lazio started building into the match into the second half. Um, and right as Lazio, you felt like Lazio was going to be able to take the lead. They, they tied 1-1. Right as they were taking the lead, they got this red card to Immobile. The match was killed. The game was completely yeah. killed. Nothing else happened from that point on. All the excitement on. was no real out chances. Of the game. I was disappointed in the way Inter looked. I didn't think they looked very good. Screener did good in the back three. I think that was a one note. Right. But well, both teams played the same formation, the 3-5-2. Exactly. exactly. But Inter played the first half. They got tied the second yes. half. Lazio came yes. out. Yes, yes. And I was, I had predicted an Inter win in this one, so I was, I was kind of shocked. Um, but yeah, they both teams, I think that the opponents looked at this and they were kind of happy. Everybody was kind of happy to say, oh, Milan, I mean... Oh, Inter and Lazio, they both got to draw a piece. Nobody got the win. Nobody got the three points. And I don't think either side did enough to win the three points. Yeah. No, I just want to add to your point. It is it is crazy how it was back and forth. The two red cards did kill the game from the first red card. But now I just want to bring something up. The week before, you, I'm not sure if you saw, Atalanta beat Lazio. I think it was 4-1. And they absolutely took them to town. They made them. They controlled the game. Absolutely. Like, there was no... You didn't see Lazio coming back from that. Atalanta handed uh, handed them the goals. That's it. Got the three points. And now you see Inter struggling against Lazio. Is this just a, like a coincidence, you think, Ludo? Or you think, like... Well, Inter, at this point, cannot hide any longer. Last year, Conte came, uh, exactly. uh, came oh, along. You have the excuse one first season. Yes, now the second yeah. year, Inter has to go for the title. Uh-huh. Inter has to try to win the title you cannot 100%. lie it's the first year exactly. players don't know each other the chemistry and the uh i didn't have this player yeah. i don't have i didn't have the depth inter tried its best the club to make conte happy in uh, every request let's hope he doesn't complain this year as much as he did Last because he, he yeah. always likes to complain and blame Something you have the depth, you have the players. Well, according to him today, he said that he doesn't have the depth in attack, and that for a team that's playing every three days, he needs more attackers. By the way, he He's, said, I he, only said have he has Sanchez, the minimum. Valdado, Lukaku, and Esposito. Yeah. Well, he said I wish other teams had those issues. <laughs> 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 I wish other teams had. So he has. Inter this year cannot hide. You have to try to go for the uh, for the scudetto. Lazio. I felt that Lotito, the president, you reach. 
Yes, you started a beautiful cycle a few years ago. You purchased these players at a reasonable price. Now they became champions. They're producing. They went. You went into. You qualified for Champions League. But I felt Lolito is holding back in investing mm -hmm. and buying additional players mm -hmm. and giving Zaki the depth mm -hmm. that he needs yeah. in order to compete in Champions League and Serie A for the top four. Absolutely. Now for the Scudetto. I think the Scudetto is still, technically speaking, between the two teams because the others financially cannot, are not, cannot be at the same level like Inter and Juventus mm -hmm. investment-wise and have those rosters not even napoli can i feel bad you know for um, mentioning this for the napoli fans i know we have a lot of napoli fans but we haven't won a scudetto in 1990 and we're not going to win it anytime soon because we cannot we don't have the ability to purchase or to have the roster or to pay the kind of salaries that inter and juventus can at this point Milan, I believe in three, four years, there also will be at that point. But not now. We're still too soon. Yeah, they're and they're, trying, they're building, and it's going to take three, four years. But eventually, Milan will be at the same level of Juventus and Inter, where you're going to say, okay, come to play for me. Here's 9 million mm -hmm. euros a year. Here's a 10 for you. Here's 7 for you. Napoli cannot do that. Mm -hmm. Roma cannot do that. Lazio cannot do that. Mm -hmm. But I felt Lazio could have done more. a little bit okay. more They're, Lolito to, to, to build up that roster yeah. and try to, to make it more. To fight for all the competition. David Silva almost to fight too. To fight and, and, so, uh, and compete be because nice. the way Lazio is the, uh, this year, yes, they did buy a couple of players. They didn't sell any of their starters too, which is also very important. Yeah, but if one of those guys gets hurt, you're done. That's true. Uh, that's true. It's you don't have tough. the replacements no, to, right. you know, the, you don't have the, the replacements to come in. I think the right way to say this is that um, obviously, over the long haul, the team that's most in depth. Obviously, there's factors. You know, for a team like Napoli, Lazio, Atalanta, Roma, they really need that really special season, like you said, that everything goes their way, and that's the way that they would be able to win the Scudetto. It's it's kind of these off moments, kind of like when Sadi had the team at Napoli, where everything was working and it was such a beautiful orchestra that that was it. But you're saying most of the time, nine out of ten times, is going to go to the team that's able to spend money. There can that still be the, the off yes. time. It's not saying that it will not happen, but you really need everything to go in your favor, and you need something special to happen. I think is more so well, your we're point. Talking about Mark, we're always talking about here Serie A. We're talking about the 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 uh, the, the, the scudetto. Yeah. Here. We're not talking about European competitions. Inter and Juventus have the depth. They have the players. They have the rosters. They have the financial means to compete for the scudetto. Champions League, different animal different discussion for another day yeah. where you need to build and not just by getting player a player b come for me it's gonna happen fair enough there's a lot of factors that fair go enough. into winning a champions league it's more a little bit more of programming yeah that um, for the champions league and Mil a lot of luck also milan beat spezia 3-0 again another win for for milan I don't know if you saw their game against Rio Ave, but it was an insane penalty shootouts too. They're, they're off into the Europa League. Uh, but Milan obviously hit with Zlatan, who had the coronavirus, and he's been out. And the one thing I think my dad brought it up uh, when we were previewing the season before he had the coronavirus was what do Milan do if they lose Zlatan Ibrahimovic? And kind of luckily in their favor, 
They've had more easier games right now. Like Spezia is not a team that really Crotone. Me. Crotone, which is it, it favored Milan um, in the sense that now they have also the international break where they could get Zlatan back. Uh, so great job by Milan, and they're starting the season kind of where they left it off. Uh, which you still got to go out there and win the games. Doesn't matter who's in front of you. We know some of these smaller teams. Of course. They the packed the box. Stats. Crotone against Milan. They packed the box. They just tried to ruin Milan's game. That was the only game plan from Crotone. It was let's stop Milan from trying to even play football. And park the bus. And it's hard. It's very hard to play against. So credit to Milan because either way, you still have to get That's the job done. That's the problem done. that Napoli with Sarri was having against most of the teams. They were parking the bus. Not London. And Napoli passes. was going, yes, Exactly. Yeah. And you can't, it's hard to penetrate. No, I'm really happy for Pioli. I have to tip my uh, hat off to Pioli. And I'm happy that an historical uh, Italian club like, uh, like Milan came to their senses and not started this revolution that they wanted to start back in December by bringing and changing everything, correct. Pioli deserves to be where he is. He has done a tremendous job. Great job creating that atmosphere, creating a solid team. The locker room is is together. Everybody follows uh, what he says. They follow follow his, uh, his commands. The way the team plays, everybody is on the same page, and I'm happy for. Uh, Agreed. And I'm happy for. You, uh, I agree with for you. You think he's gonna last a season? You think Pioli is gonna last a season? Oh, absolutely. He lasts this season, it's, and he also will last the following season oh, as well. Wow, okay, absolutely. Okay. I, I, I agree with you, and I, I definitely feel like from the historic part, I, I don't want to speak too soon, but it, it does excite me to hear to see Milan back, as we want to say, and I think that this is one of their first years that I really feel like they can make Champions League. Obviously, there's a lot of things that have to go correct. Of course, uh, but the young core of the team and a few players that I think that they're going to be implemented in the right way. And I definitely agree with you that, like, you, like we, we agree with this very much so, is that they need time. And, and doing this overhaul for a guy like Ranić, who I personally don't know at all, and after Pioli, the results that he was bringing in, Zlatan being behind him, the team really being behind Pioli, I thought it would have made no sense to get rid of him. So I think it shows the seriousness, seriousness of the club to get back to where Milan belongs. And also bringing in the correct players. They have made a few mistakes in the past in purchasing players that did not fit their system. That, uh, yeah, their, their the system yeah. And now they actually like are who? learning from those. Well, Paqueta. No, no. Like who do you think? Or are you saying that they're bringing in that you think is that, smart? Bringing in players that now they're actually listening to the uh, to the coach and what he wants. They did bring in a couple. Now they're bringing this guy Duarte. Yeah. And uh, a couple of uh, uh, other players that are coming in. They're fitting that uh, that uh, that pattern. Remember, guys. I personally think that when the team feels that the club. It's not there. The miss, they're missing the president, their appearance, the administration. Just like Roma is going through now when who wants to sell? This guy wants to yeah. sell. I want to buy. Yeah. I'm not there. I don't know who's uh, people are giving, uh, are retiring, people that want to leave administration. Boban left. And a lot of things were happening around Christmas time where the, maybe the club was going to be sold. Maldini was gone. Boban left. Oh, this guy doing my job. What was I hired for? Mm-hmm. I come, I didn't call this play. Why somebody else did this, did that? The players feel that. Yeah. So you need to have that solid uh, uh, administration from the top. And that's where Roma this year, I think, with the new president coming in, a lot of guys that left, the uh, vice president, the, uh, the uh, sporting director, 
leaving and things that are happening, it's it's not good for the team. The team needs to know that there's the club is behind them. Mm-hmm. They're being supported by the, by the club. Yeah, exactly. That's well, very important. Before we get to the next topic, I want to remind everybody, there's a lot of people in the chat right now. Uh, thank you for everybody that's commenting and sending in donations. I want to remind everybody, please like this video and make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're not already subscribed. It helps us out big time. One thing before we go to the Chiesa news, uh, and I just remembered off the top of my head, I, I was reading the comments and I saw some of them saying it, the Vidal uh, red card, how he got a red uh, card to yeah. Chido Immobile and then Sensi's red card. Um, you know, we've said for a long time, I've been pushing this for maybe a year and a half, two years on the softness that football is becoming uh, where, you know, guys that act, I mean, I mean, Vidal, he did get hit in the face, uh, but in my opinion, that, and then Sensi's push to his chin and Patrick, Patrick completely, one, I will 100% guarantee you, Patrick got hit on the chin. You could see him. If you watch his face, you could literally think to himself, oh, I could get this guy a red card. And then he falls to the ground grabbing his face. Yeah, like as a two, if he got yeah. shot in the face. He had a grace period that he thought about. I it. think it's really embarrassing. And and I, I do blame the players. I think they are obviously at fault. But I also blame the refereeing. I think that if we keep giving this as red cards, gonna we're only going to see. It's like it, it's like if a, a kid acts up, right? You got a little baby. Doesn't act good. Starts crying. And then you give him a lollipop when he starts crying. So he stops crying. The baby next time knows, hey, to get the lollipop, all I got to do is cry. Oh, beautiful. I cry, I cry, I cry. Lollipop. That's the wrong thing that we have to do. You have to teach them on the opposite side of how to not cry without getting the lollipop. And then when you don't cry and you're good, that's how you could get it. And I think that we're just way too soft. Even today, Martial got sent off for Manchester United uh, from Lamella. I mean, Lamella hits Lamella, him first. He elbowed him in the Martial face. Martial slaps him back. The way I grew up with football, this is nothing. This is not even a yellow card. This is, guys, go play. Let's go. We don't want to ruin the game. We're not going to kill the game over here. We're here to watch football 11 v. 11. Let's not change the match entirely over a stupid slap, which in my opinion, contact is is fine, but red cards is ridiculous. For all three of these that I saw today, in my opinion, none of them are, are red cards. If you want, you give a yellow card a piece just to be nice, this and that, but max, max yellow cards. I don't know if you saw, did you see the challenges? No, the challenge I did not see. But overall, in general, I think in today's football, the uh, the famous players, they're protected because it's a business. So they don't want the player to get hurt and miss a few games because then the TV ratings go down and the sponsorships. It's That's all, a fair point. It's, it's, it's all a package that goes into it. I mean, I don't know how old the, uh, the, uh, our fan ratio is, Mostly young guys, eighteen to like yeah, it's thirty. In the 20s. Eighteen to th- okay. So I suggest to the uh, to our fans that are watching now, go to YouTube, watch the eighty soccer, seventy and eighty and that, the ninety. That's a real look at the way those players used to be uh, taken down and 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 fouled, and they got back up, and, and the referee was taken never down how many times a game never whistled. But now they yeah. want to protect the player, they want to protect the famous player, they want to protect the sponsorships. They want to protect the game, and the referees are told that, you know, to protect these guys. But then, these guys that feel that they are protected, they take advantage. So in the box, they go down right away. Oh, I'm famous, so I'm going to get called a penalty. I'm not going to mention any names. I mean, in every league, you have those uh, you have those players, and they take advantage of the of the of the system. They take advantage 100%. of the referee. They fall down a little thing. They're going to dive in the box. No, you're a champion. You're supposed to be an example for a child that's watching you and not to show this child that looks up to you to dive in the back in the box and look for a uh, penalty and yeah. look for a uh, a penalty i understand the the protection but 
when you're getting these touches to the face and then you're throwing yourselves on the ground, those I can't stand for at all. That's, you know, if it's challenges from behind, I understand completely. But when it's hits to the face and then the guy thinks about it, he says, oh, I could send him off. You know, he has a delayed reaction to what's happening. I don't know. In my opinion, it's just, it's not the right way. Anyway, Chiesa, it looks like he is joining Juventus. A long-awaited move, I think, for Federico right. Chiesa. A year ago, we were saying that he was begging to move. He wanted to leave Fiorentina. Now it seems like Douglas Costa is going to uh, Bayern Munich. Rugani is on Rennes. De Chillo is leaving. He's going to Lyon. Juventus had to sell some players. It's going to be structured in a unique way for Juventus. Uh, Two million loan for the first year. Eight million loan for the second year. And then a 40 million obligation to buy under certain requirements, appearances, etc., etc. This is via Fabrizio Romano and Sky Italia, our boy over there. Uh, And Juventus will sign Chiesa on a two-year loan with obligation to buy. Total deal around 60 million euros. I think payable over four years, whatever. Doesn't really matter. It's not done yet. It's not done yet. It's not done yet. They're hoping to conclude it by tomorrow. Correct. But the thing is that's holding this uh, deal from... uh, Happen. from being finalized. Yeah. Well, Chiesa has to play, uh, within the two years, has to play minimum 60% of the games. He has to score minimum 10 goals, and he has to give 10 assists. But now, what Chiesa is requiring, because now if these requirements do not click, do not take place, he goes back. But now, if Juventus is promising him he's going to sign him a contract with, with a dollar, if he goes back to Fiorentina, he wants the same dollar. And Comiso is not willing to do that because he cannot match the salary that, that Juventus open. will give for the next two years. So he goes, okay, I'm not going to meet these requirements. I'm not going to play 60% of the games. I'm not, I'm not going to score these goals. I'm not going to give these assists. Now i got to go back to Fiorentina. I want to make the same salary that I'm making at Juventus. But Fiorentina cannot afford to do that. And that's what's holding mm. this uh, deal from, from, signing, from signing and putting uh, more, more black and white. More context to that, uh, Chiesa is on $1.8 million a year at Fiorentina. Right. Juventus is promising him $5 million, And Correct. he wants, just like Ludo said, he wants $5 million. He Correct. says, I deserve Absolutely. $5 million based off this. And, you know, there's arguments either way. I'm not going to argue about the salary, whatever. It's hearsay. My opinion, I have a couple things that are on my mind. I've obviously said that, in my opinion... Chiesa is not the difference maker to make Juventus a team that challenges for anything different. Um, I think that 60 million is a lot for Federico Chiesa. I don't know where Chiesa plays under Pirlo. They're saying left wing back or right wing back. My opinion. They the probably would try the, the three four three. It's just I I don't see how he tips the scale in a significant way more so than in my opinion a top class center midfielder. I've said it multiple times. I thought this Juventus would benefit more from signing a guy like OR for a similar price or someone else in the 60 million euro range for a top center midfielder, which I still believe is still lacking, more so than Federico Chiesa, who's still, you know, the kid is talented. I'm not going to say he's not. He really is. He's still 22 years old. He's very young. Correct. He's skilled. He's got a hunger that I really love. But at the same time, I don't know if Juventus is making the right kind of proposal for him. I don't even know if it's the right thing for him to move. Well, Marco, here's the deal. We spoke about this five minutes ago. Now, if we're going to judge Chiesa on on what he does the next season, then I don't think we should even be talking about it. It's like what what we said, meaning, let's give it time. He's 22 years old. If Juventus wants to build something solid internationally, let this kid grow. Let the kid become 
a Juventus fabric, to get into that Juventus mentality and the fabric of the team. Give these young players that you're purchasing now the opportunity to grow. Allow them to make the mistakes and don't judge after one season and say, okay, you did not produce, goodbye. You counting on this person, on this player? Let them mature. Give them time to mature. You bought a McKinney, other players, young players, the player from Atalanta. I can't even pronounce his name. Oh. Uh, Parma, you mean? No, par, uh, from Cruz. Uh, right, yeah. from, I apologize, not yeah. from Atalanta. From, uh, par. They need time. They need, you are going to win the Scudetto. You are going to compete for the Scudetto. But is that what you really want? Does that make you happy? Does that give Juventus that international image that other clubs have? So maybe Juventus is trying to build something like Bayern Munich did by purchasing players. Look at the player that Juventus had three years ago and they sold to uh, Bayern Munich. Coma. Okay, oh, one year. He didn't produce. Goodbye. Keep him for a couple of years. Yeah, but he had some injury problems. Capello said that too, I feel like, that quote. Well, the thing, the thing about Coman, he also, he had, I think it was an ankle, that he said, if I have to have surgery on my ankle, I'm just going to quit football. He was going to retire. It's so a general perspective that I'm trying. 100%. You're 100% Give right. Give Kiesa, in you three years, in two years, then we say, okay, Kiesa is not for Juventus, or Kiesa did but mature. But do you think it's worth the 60 million risk for Juventus on Kiesa? No, I think it's 50. It's two, 60. eight, and 40. That's what I heard. Okay. 50 to, to 60 million. Okay. 50, for 22-year-old player that has the potential to 22, why not? I, I think I, I think where it do you is. play him? Where do you play him? I would play him on the right side, the 3-4-3. Three, three. I would play him on the right side. In, in the front three? So yes. That, but so now we have to see if he's willing to sacrifice yeah. to do the defensive part. No, so he's playing in the four. Part. He's playing in the four or the three? The three on the, the right three. side. Okay, so you have so, Ronaldo, Chiesa, and who's in the middle? Morata. So now Dybala, where's Dybala's place in the team? Behind. In the four. But he has to do a lot of work. No. He has to do a lot of work. Nah, he would happen. be also the defensive part. He's, he has to be able to... Uh, can he do it physically? I think he can. But he has to adapt in doing right. that... Ludo. You know, the Caleon type of work. Um, coast to coast. You don't think he's wasted doing that? In my opinion, kids has got to be close to goal. Not running back and forth like a wing back. The guy's a talented player, clearly. He doesn't score that many goals, which is is always a little bit of a burden. Correct. I don't think he should be sacrificing so much. In my The way I see it, I just don't see where he plays. I don't see how he fits into the lineup for something that Juventus don't have. In my opinion, Juventus just keep buying the same type of players that they already have. They got Kulusevski, Morata, Chiesa, Ronaldo, Dybala, and they don't even know where to play the guys. They're buying players... in. I don't know. It, it, again, it seems sporadic. It seems like we love Chiesa. We're going to have to grab him. How does he even in the team? I don't really know. What formation does Peter will play? I don't really You're know. You're saying buy now and think later is m more of a thing. I, I think, think I think it's more of, of a future. I think it's more of a future investment. I think Juventus is tired of these band-aids. They want to build something internationally that in a couple of years will give them the return back. Yes. But Ludo, there's a lot of talk. Uh, do you think... Chiesa could fall on the same trail back with how Bernadeschi. Bernadeschi uh, came from Fiorentina, plays on the right wing, and didn't produce, turned into the player that he was supposed to. Do you, do you see Chiesa following that route? Is he a 2.0 of Bernadeschi? Exactly. It all depends. It all depends. The uh, the uh, who who's your coach? What does he expect from you? I just feel that the way 
the way I watched, well, Pirlo also, now let, let's talk about Pirlo for 30 seconds. We also have to give Pirlo a chance. That's true. So are we going to say to Pirlo in June, okay, you, don't win, you didn't win the Scudetto, okay, go home. If no, you no. think that this person, that this coach has the potential to grow and become experienced. Let's look at Gattuso, for example. Look where Gattuso has been. And now he landed in Napoli. Yeah. He was Palermo, in, uh, Pisa. He was in Greece. And he all was three. in Greece. Then he came back. Yeah. It's all a matter of experience. That's you right. acquire experience from making mistakes. And Pirlo will make the mistakes. Not just because he's a world champion. That doesn't mean he's mistake-free. Exactly. He will make mistakes. Yeah. He will lose certain games because of the tactical mistake and the not the decisions he, he made decisions he made in yeah. bringing in the right player and the right substitutions at the right time yeah. but we need to give him time in order for him to learn and acquire the experience that Gattuso okay. uh, that Gattuso has well, fair so. enough so let's build so Juventus doesn't win the Scudetto this year big deal yeah they're still gonna finish in the top four yeah but look on the, the other side picture. It's look definitely. at the bigger picture down the road in two three years I'm gonna have some solid players, young players. Foundation. They're like, Ronaldo is not gonna be around forever. No, one more year. Morata is not gonna be around forever. Or mm -hmm. the other uh, older players. Chiellini, Bonucci. Yeah. You have to think about the future. Of course. But Juventus' future is not Serie A. It's, it's, the, it's the European picture to compete and reach the semifinals at least once every two years consistently. Exactly. Let's, uh, let's get into the situation as we conclude. Uh, the drama? The drama. Oh because boy, obviously we everyone have to. wants to. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I know everybody is so freaking confused. We've been asking people until an hour before the game. Oh, so is Napoli and Juventus going to be playing? People that don't watch Serie A, that's not following. Every 10 minutes, it seemed like a new piece of news was coming out. Official statement, unofficial statement. I'm going to try my best to recount what happened in the last right. 24 hours. And then we will examine it okay exactly. so yesterday there was news that napoli would not be traveling to torino based off of local authorities local health authorities saying napoli cannot travel to torino that was what's being reported they said okay they're not going to go to the game the game is going to be postponed a little while after a couple hours after it gets reported that no it was not the health authorities that said not to go it was napoli that did not want to go to the game juventus post saying we are taking the field no matter what happens we are taking the field seria comes out and says the match is going on as follows nobody really knows what's happening napoli are still in naples they're staying where they're where they're put because of course they've had a few coronavirus test uh cases zielinski was tested positive they had just played elmas. against genoa the week prior where they elmas had, was also positive elmas was also and positive. Uh, gian domenico costi who's that uh, uh, who's one of the, the collaborators okay. part of the uh, yeah. the the, the staff. good insight and they just played Genoa, who had over 14 cases of coronavirus, where, um, yes, Napoli, they not the whole team did not get, uh, they, they tested negative. But we know that with these tests, sometimes they're days late. Sometimes you need two, three tests to be able to test positive. Basically, the situation uh, ended up developing that Juventus took the pitch with no Napoli in sight and are to be awarded. It will be decided on Tuesday. If Juventus get the three points and with a one-point deduction for Napoli for not taking the stance. Agnelli obviously gave a little press conference where he spoke a little bit. I'll read his two quotes. He said, I spoke to De Laurentiis, 
who wrote me a message yesterday asking to postpone the match, but I told him Juventus will abide by the rules and regulations set in place that tell us how to behave. If protocol changes, we will accept these changes. This is not the first time a team with positive COVID cases will be playing. That's all we know at this point. We're still waiting right. for official news. Ludovico, help me digest this a little bit because well, I'm it's, even it's, confused. It's hard to digest. I mean, uh, leave it up to the Italians to create the, uh, to create the drama. But I think we have to go a little bit. This is, again, it's, it's my opinion from uh, reading and listening. I create my own uh, internal mental uh, package uh, analysis. So I think it all started last week, meaning with the, uh, with the Genoa game. Genoa, two players from Genoa were found uh, positive. And then they left on Friday. A second round of tests were done. And only those two players were positive. They did not go to Naples. And Genoa left for Naples. And they played the game. Now, what really surprised me, and I was thinking about this, uh, Genoa arrives to Naples. We play the first half. Genoa is on the field. They're playing. Napoli is only winning one nothing. Second half, Genoa comes on the pitch, and uh, the team collapses. They get five goals. Napoli wins six nothing. Now here's my question: What happened in the locker room between the first and second half? Did a phone call arrive from Genoa, saying, "Listen, guys, we're in deep trouble here. We have more positives." Now, the team loses 6-0, they get back on the plane, they go back to Genoa, boom, now we have 15 positives. On Mondays or Tuesday, whenever it was, I don't remember. Now, did Genoa find out about the additional players being positive, players slash staff, between the first and second half of the Napoli game? Possible, because the team did not show up. They were physically on the field, but they didn't play. Napoli could have scored even more goals if they wanted to. So this is what it's a little bit. So now Napoli thinks, okay, we have two players that are positive. So now we take the second round and we're negative. Those two players are going to stay back. We are going to leave. Now, are we going to come back? And on Tuesday, based on the second round of tests, we're going to have 12, 13 positives again? That's what I think went through the, the Napoli uh, organization's mind. That's what they thought about. But now you have a protocol. A protocol says that you must play the game but i guess in this protocol there's a loophole under, if you don't have uh under I, th I believe it's 10 cases 10 to 13 then you have to play the game you have to play the game but now there's a protocol i believe there's a loophole in the protocol written by the italian sport minister uh spadafora saying that unless the local authorities the health authorities the regional the campania health authorities um say that it is not safe for that for the team or to leave or to depart then i guess this is the little that's not so i guess the napoli lawyers read through this uh through these words and now napoli feels comfortable that yes they're going to be award juventus will be awarded the three points uh three nothing on tuesday plus the uh taking a point away the but napoli feels they could win the case. In a, they could win in, yeah. in appeal based on the authority because the protocol was signed by every Serie A teams. But I guess they did not read everything about this loophole that the authorities have this option, have this saying that they can tell a uh -huh. team not to not to travel and not to go from Napoli to uh, Napoli to Torino.
That's what I think Napoli is basing their defense on, that in appeal they will win based on the, uh, on the medical authorities of, uh, of the Campania region. Okay, now I want to bring that up. Uh, why do you think they didn't, like, if they really wanted to, they could have went, even though we said Elmas wasn't there, right? We said that Zielinski, uh, Zielinski wasn't there, uh, Insignia was injured. Do you think uh, that's what they were betting on? Be like, okay, maybe we can postpone this another time. We can win the case and have it postponed when we have a full squad healthy. Do you think they play their cards that in that way? Well, I think they play their cards because according to what Napoli is saying, that uh, ASL, A-S-L, yeah. is the, uh, is the uh, local Campania region uh, health uh, ministry department. Yeah. They stopped the bus from departing. From going to the airport, they were not allowed the team to take to fly out to fly out and 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 arrive in Torino. But now on the other side, Napoli was thinking about the Genoa game. Okay, are we going to go there? And Genoa also had two positives, and then come back here on Monday and Tuesday. We have 15 positives. Yeah, that's what I think is really behind it. Now here's where I wanted, and I'm going to take a stand. Was Napoli wrong in not going to Torino? Yes, Napoli was. I think Napoli should have traveled to Torino. But now we don't know what's behind it if the authorities really stopped Napoli from leaving or Napoli saying, okay, forget about the authorities. I'm not going to follow your, uh, your decision. I'm still going to travel. Did Napoli have that option? That's what's not clear now, that you must listen to the local health authorities or you can say, okay, then you gave me your uh, opinion but I'm still going to catch my plane and I'm going to go. I think Napoli made that mistake that they should have gone. Napoli, the worry started during the week because they felt that whatever happened to Genoa when they traveled back, it could happen to Napoli and have multiple positives on Monday and Tuesday. That's what I really think is behind it. Now we need to see, now we need to fix this protocol that the ministry, that the sport minister wrote. We need to it needs to be more binded. It needs to be more foolproof, bulletproof. That there's no more loopholes yeah. that the medical authorities can prevent a team from traveling, traveling south to north or north yeah. to to uh, north to south. But Napoli, I think if they had the option, they should have played the game. I think Napoli made the mistake not to play the game if they really had the possibility of traveling to. To, uh, to Torino. And I, I know um, I know a lot of people are saying that, oh, Napoli did not get stopped. They wanted to. Again, the, the problem that I have, honestly, I, I have a problem with everybody putting their own biases and their emotions ahead of what actually happened and reading the facts. Correct. Honestly, we are sitting here reading 17 different reports yeah. and trying to make our best judgment. What you're saying doesn't mean that it's true. What I'm saying does not mean it's true. Right now, we we're only stating opinions. Facts. Correct. So people saying, Napoli, you're crybabies cry for not going. But you also have to take the health into consideration of Napoli, where you're not saying, they like just like you said, maybe they don't want to come back with 14 cases. You're immediately, everybody's immediately thinking, oh, they just don't want to play the game. But there's mm. a lot more that goes into this situation Absolutely. that's more complex. Just because one team played, and I understand that it's the protocol, but if you don't agree with the protocol or if there's a loophole around the protocol, I don't think there's any right or wrong. That's the thing. I don't think that there's any right or wrong. If Napoli feel a certain way, they're entitled to say, hey, we don't think it's a good idea to go because we just had this situation with Genoa where 15 people were tested positive. We don't think it's a smart idea to go. And I think that that should be a conversation that's had. And I think that I know everybody wants to talk about this 3-0 on paper. My opinion doesn't hold up. 
I don't think there's any way that 3-0, Juventus is going to win this game 3-0. That's what I think also. I mean, on would a Serie A team really not travel and lose four points? Yeah, what a mess. No. And you're thinking, I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to think. So now, based on the protocol that was written at, uh, prior to the start of the Serie A, by the minister Spadafora of the, uh, the sport, Italian sports minister that everyone signed. Okay, the judge is going to read that and going to say, okay, Juventus, you win 3 nothing." Now here comes the appeal. Now Napoli has to present letters, um, proof that they received a letter from the medical authority of the Campania region saying you're not leaving yeah. in order to win the appeal. Now you really need to present proof and that we're not going to see that proof. We're not going to read that proof until the end of the week, most likely. But but again, you know, in, in my opinion, it's just there's too much of everybody. Nobody wants to every, lose four points. No, absolutely. So. And and I think that there's just this, you know, rivalry is a great thing, but then when it turns into this, it's it's very disappointing to see. Oh, this this should not be happening. You should not be doing this when nobody here understands the the, the circumstances. Well, just but, the within dynamics an, behind. It, the dynamics. Course. There's this is an unprecedented situation, and I know everybody everybody's a little bit to blame. Juventus, I'm sure you're to blame. Napoli, I'm sure you're a little bit to blame. Serie A, I'm sure you're a little bit to blame too. Everybody is, but they've also never, we've never been through something like this. There are problems that are going to occur. And while I do agree that things should have been handed, be, handled better, to me, in my opinion, it's embarrassing to see a team take the field just to get the three points in this situation where this should have been dealt with on that. It shouldn't have to get to the point where Juventus have to take the field to win three points. How is it not that there's an, a conversation between Napoli and Juventus? We don't feel like we should be doing this. Or why is... To me, it's just an embarrassing sight to see Juventus Correct. arrive to the stadium. And I'm not saying embarrassing from whatever side. It's just, as a whole, it doesn't look good on us that Juventus arrived to an It's not stadium. a good image for Serie A in general. It's not. Yeah, exactly. it's not. It's not. And that's my Agreed. perspective. I do not like to see that. I'm disappointed in all of us, Juventus, Serie A, and Napoli, for not being able to find the solution to not have to see this. Because it's a bad look. And I don't like hearing... From people from other leagues, like Juventus arrived at a stadium empty, took the field, got the three yeah, points. Yeah, the refs were there. It's not nice. They stepped it's on the not, field. This is not how things should be done. And I understand it's unprecedented times. We're all learning. We're all trying to learn from the protocols, adjust them, make mistakes. But let's not try to bash everybody. Yeah. And you did this. 100%. You did this. You did this. Because we don't understand the dynamics of the situation. Correct. It's not an image problem. that we want to bring Portrayed outside of Italy. Exactly. That uh, it you know, for the Serie A, that it, it only happens in Serie A, the drama that only happens in uh, in, uh, in Serie A. Yeah. It's, also, it's, it's also, you know, multiple parties can be right. Napoli could be right for not wanting, even if they're against whatever the protocol was, they're also right for saying, we don't care about the protocol. We want to keep the health of our players safe. Right. Juventus is also right saying, all right, we're listening to the protocol. But we're, we're following the, the league. Field. We're following the protocol. That was we have yeah, a right. protocol from UEFA. This, so they're all right. They're all right, and they're all wrong in their own ways. It's not that one is a, is a devil and the other one is trying to force it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Napoli feels confident they can win in appeal based on this... Uh, on this, uh, on this uh, uh, loophole. And For now sure. let's hope that this incident happened, this uh, protocol originally written prior to the start of the season, it will actually be uh, fixed and will be bulletproof. So now you're not going to have incidents like this Happen again. happening again yeah. throughout the season. Absolutely. But like Marco just said, the health of the population, the health of the people comes first. But in this case, it's the business that comes first. 
and again, and not the health of the. Uh, of I see. The I see a lot of Juventus fans in the comments very upset with us with the way that we're describing this, and I think that it's a little misconstrued. We're not saying that Juventus should not have taken the field. Technically, they have every. And I'm right. not saying that Napoli was right in not taking the field. Exactly. I'm also saying Napoli. I think they should have traveled to Torino if they had the possibility, and not to listen to the local medical authorities. But that we don't know yet. I exactly. think we have to wait until the appeal, when the proof comes out in court or or the 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 the, the judge. Exactly. And to make the decision and reverse the situation, if that's going to happen. And again, I'm I'm not saying that Juventus was wrong in taking the field. Technically, they followed every protocol. What the protocol said, Absolutely. they followed it. They took the they field. Followed it. They Agreed. did it. What else do you want them to do in that sense? And I just say the refs from, showed up. From from a bigger perspective, I think that we could have done better. It's not Juventus could have done better. Napoli could have done better. I think we as a whole could have done better in this situation. It was a little disappointing to see. But, again, unprecedented times. I understand that mistakes will happen. These kind of situations, they're Now, let's bulletproof this uh, this uh, protocol so it doesn't happen again in the, uh, in the, in future. the future. But, again, I repeat, it's weird what happened uh, the Genoa-Napoli game. I find that really it's too many questions in my head that I still cannot cannot answer. It was like a different team that played on the field the second yeah, half. Yeah, right? it, it's they never they, they, they never played. Then you yeah, go back. I mean, you're, you're you're negative on uh, well, we, we're not doctors here. We're just discussing soccer. But if you take a test today and you're a negative and but you take a, take it tomorrow and you're a positive. You're positive yeah. 3 4 days exactly. uh, later. later. Yes, I understand 80% of the uh, people of these places they don't show uh, symptoms. symptoms. But they yeah. still go home to families, children, yes, uh, parents. They're not in a bubble. They're not yeah. in a right. bubble. They're not in, they, go, they went home. Yes, yeah. the Napoli players Michael went home. Still. Yeah, the, yeah. It's funny. Somebody commented saying, Mike is texting Marco right now on, on what to say. But what's funny is Mike actually texted me <laughs> some news so that we could bring yeah, it out. Yeah. This is the truth from Fabrizio Romano from Sky Italia <laughs> who funny. said that Federico Chiesa is one step away from joining Juventus. The last details are to be sorted tonight. And then he will sign for Juventus. So that's the latest. That he's going, seems like Keza details deal. to be sorted, and then joining. As we already discussed, if you're in, if you just joined, you could scroll back and listen. Uh, before we conclude, I want to remind everybody to like and subscribe on the video if you're new here. Ludovico, when we have you, I feel like we have intelligent conversations. We have <laughs> More reason, even, right? Even if we all disagree with each other, yes, we're but we respect we, each we, other's opinions. We agree to disagree, <laughs> but also in a friendly it, it's manner. usually most of the time, you know, there's, there's, they always say there's two sides to the story and then the truth. You know, there's right. so, and I think that in every situation, there's always one perspective, one perspective, and then you could find ways to agree on. The thing, even if we disagree on something, so I think. But you have to respect the other person's opinion. Yeah, yeah. I think that it was good. It was, yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else we missed? Yeah, I just want to say one quick one because Ludo yeah. wasn't here for the for the beginning of the season for the podcast. Okay. Uh, we Uh-oh. talked a lot about. No, it was, it's a fun question. I know. Talk, I think I know where it's going. I don't think you okay. do. It's a. We talked a lot about uh, last season how Chido won Capo Caniere and all this stuff. This season. If you had to put your if you had to put your house on it, who do you think <laughs> is gonna win Capo Cano? Like, I'm not giving up my house. You already got a little <laughs> taste of a few games so far of what's going on. If you want, I can read you the top goal scorers. I believe Papu Gomez has the most goals. Can I'll I really put right you on the now. spot? I would really love your top yeah. four and your Capo Cano and true. your relegation. And Papu Gomez four goals. He's buying. We all gave hours with four goals. So let's start with the relegation. I think relegation. Spezia okay. and Crotone, yeah. I think now it's, you know, to see the uh, 
the team, uh, the third team that will uh, that will uh, that will go down. And um, I hate to see if Torino Torino is not doing really really well, but that's also, I think they the the, the coaches change and. Again, it goes back to what we said before. You have certain types of players. Now you bring in Ciampaolo, that is a uh, a son of Sarri's uh, way to play, Philosophy. and now you try to change, and now you're losing these games. But by the time you get this guy out for Christmas, it's going to be too late to to, to get back into the in the standings in order to to save yourself. So I think that was a mistake for Ciampaolo. To uh, for Torino, my are Torino, not John Are those your three? Are, is Torino no, no, Torino is not the three. Uh, I mean, it's hard right now to say. You have your two, and then I have saying, my two, and then yeah, probably the other one. I, I hope it's not Benevento. Benevento right now is doing really, really well. Benevento is my second team, not because of, uh, you know, they're from the same region as I am in the Campania, but it's also because I had great memories. I lived one year in Benevento, and I really. I like the team, the organization, the colors, you know, the, the, the blue and, uh, I mean, not the blue, the yellow and red. Huh. And uh, there's some kind of uh, a, a emotional attachment with that. So I'm not going to say on the third team because it's still too early. Someone said I, Udinese haven't scored a single goal this season. Don't no, tell me that's true. It cannot be true. Udinese. Can you believe DePaul? What's your opinion on DePaul? Oh, my God. Listen, but DePaul, DePaul, DePaul I think, that's a player that's ready player. to go. Oh. I agree. To go on a big... Uh, See, to go it's not happening. If you give, me, if you, crazy if you gave me the budget, that's sixty million for Kesa, I would buy DePaul before I buy Kesa in the midfield, and then I would spend that money yeah. on a fullback, a real wing back, like a Gosens or somebody like that. He's, he's not gonna go. Gossins no, I, but I'm, oh, okay. I know you're not like gonna get it. But yeah. I'm saying okay. that's my opinion. Anyway, sorry. So the top four, then you top have. Uh, Wait, you, you didn't say the last. Th- th- no, he's not saying the third. It's too early to say between the last. You know, I just want to say one last thing. You put Crotone going down, right? Crotone, Crotone is from Calabria, also Amaro de Gal- Delgado is from Calabria too. So I'm just saying, if you bring and them down, the, that's going the, down too. And Spezia <laughs> will be the other team. The third Spezia. team, it's too early to, uh, to tell. Yeah, okay, it's that's too fair. early to, uh, to tell. Top four? Top four, I see Juventus, First Inter, place? top, uh, well. Are you going in order? No, we you, want, you want the top yeah, four? Yeah, we need an order. Yeah, we need an order. Well, like I said at the beginning, Inter cannot hide themselves. Okay. They have to go for the. Uh, they have to go for the scudetto. They have to compete for the scudetto. This year they lost it by one point, but again the uh, the usual uh, uh, complaining. I didn't have depth. I didn't have this. I was missing that. This year he cannot hide himself. Exactly. Inter is there to win the scudetto. That should be the primary goal. Uh, objective, yes. and the other uh, uh, objective is to pass the first round of of Champions League with the players that you have but that's a different animal the Champions League if that means if they click in Serie A and you're able to play in Serie A that doesn't mean you those players can perform the same way in in Champions League but that should be the second object at least to pass the first round of of Champions League with with the depth that you have but Inter first I see Juventus second and then third and fourth place between Napoli and Lazio the way Napoli I see it this year with the uh, with the um, with the team that we have, and what we have seen so far, and the forward that we purchased, and Lozano that I said we did not purchase last year, we purchased this year, and if the team remains compact, I think Napoli can finish. The, our objective okay. should be the top four, not the Scudetto. I mean, we're not going to win the Scudetto this year, and we're not going to win it in the near future, and not even a few years from now. But Napoli can definitely. 
compete and do belong in the top four. Okay, you're giving Atalanta so much credit and you don't even have them top four. You're saying Champions No, I did say Atalanta. No, you didn't. I did, yes. You said Napoli and Milan. No, no. I said Atalanta, Napoli, uh, Inter, uh, Juventus. Juventus. And Atalanta. then uh, Atalanta and Napoli okay. for either third or fourth. Okay. Okay. Lazio, okay. I do not see this year Maybe in the top. Four. I do not see Lazio in the top four. I do not see uh, Milan in the top four. I do not see Roma in the. Uh, I think you said Lazio by four. mistake. I, I think yes, you I might did. have said. If I said Lazio, he meant he meant Atalanta. I meant Atalanta, okay. which makes a lot okay. more okay. sense. Yeah. So it's Atalanta third, Napoli yeah. fourth, or vice versa. Because okay. you were already, we were even saying before that Atalanta could compete. But with a team like this, I think Napoli could definitely, with the depth. Now we got also uh, Bakayoko, but what's it? Bakayoko. 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 I think we can have a serious, we could be contenders in the Europa League as a, you know, you have the team and the turnover to compete for Champions League spot in Serie A and to also go as far as possible in awesome. winning the Europa League. That's true. We wow. can make a really... And he didn't yeah. answer the final question, Ocapocanoniere. <laughs> <laughs> by, the, by the way, by the way, we all already predicted this. Yeah, we were we all, all on the spot and we said, I don't remember it right now, but it's on video. We yeah. did it in the beginning. Well, of the it's odd for uh, it's odd for Immobile to re, to repeat himself. Zeko, it looks like a little bit he's lost. Yeah. Maybe he's a little bit upset. He's so that is uh, is uh, he missed two goals. Well, I'm gonna say for um, I'm gonna choose. I'm really gonna go out of my way. I'm gonna choose Victor. No. You buy, buy your house on it? You're going to be sleeping on the studio sofa. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not you think he's going to... I think he's going to... Yes, right, right now he hasn't been he hasn't been scoring. That's but cool. I think... Sunu, I, I think... Well... That's crazy. I know <laughs> I'm, I'm being a little... You're I'm pushing, pushing. You're pushing. But it's probably for good luck. And I, I think okay. I that in it. the Napoli formation and uh, uh, the 4-3-3 and the 4-2-3-1, right now he's getting used to Serie A. He did play well both games, 30 minutes yes, and the full game. He played, created a lot of space. It's the forward that Napoli needed. And if he starts scoring, a guy has tremendous fire. speed and you know he has players behind him that can support him. Uh, the attacking midfielder, Zininski and uh, Fabian Ruiz, I think he could do really well. I think he could score 20 goals this season. I like season. the way he thinks. Big Vittorio. It's exciting. Guys, as always, uh, thank you for watching. We hope you enjoyed uh, special podcast. Ludo, amazing to have you back. My Your pleasure, guys. Happy welcome. football to everyone. And now we get at least all the comments that we're asking for Ludovico, Ludovico. Now they, they can relax a little bit and they can yeah. enjoy <laughs> the podcast. Until next uh, one. Hopefully over. soon. Guys, See you guys I, soon. See you guys next time. Yes. Stay safe, everyone. Yes, as always, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao, Ciao guys. Forza Napoli sempre, right? Sempre. Sempre. <laughs>